This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's show. All eyes are on the Big Two Derby tonight. Club legends Paul Lehman and Noel Bailey will help us preview what should be a great game at Windsor Park between Linfield and Glen Torren. A date has been set for the second Irish Cup semi-final, but will Newry City be in it? We hear from their manager Darren Mullen, who will also share his thoughts on their championship title pursuit. And we will be talking to Northern Ireland and Crusaders strikers defender Julie Nelson, Glentoran's Jess Foy and Lisburn ladies manager Hayden Davis, as they were speaking at the Women's Premiership launch last night. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, welcome to the programme. Great to be back in your company once again. And we really are approaching the end of the season now. Linfield sitting top of the table, 75 points. Cliftonville, one point behind on 74. And Glentoran on 69 after slipping up last weekend in uh, quite a remarkably bad fashion, if you want to be blunt about it. The remaining games for Linfield, home to Glentoran tonight, away to Crusaders. Tuesday, home to Larne, home to Corian. For Cliftonville, Larne tomorrow, away to Corian, away to Crusaders, away to Glentoran, and for the Glens after Windsor Park tonight, it's at home to Larne, away to Corian, and at home to Cliftonville. So, Linfield with three of their last four games at home, Cliftonville with three of their last four games away from home, and Glentoran. Two home, two away. Let's see how it all pans out come the end. It's a fascinating one. I think we can agree on that. Uh, Just to run you through the fixtures taking place in the Premiership this weekend. After uh, that match tonight, we have Ballymena United against Portadown at the Ballymena Showgrounds. Cliftonville at home to Larne. Corain take on Crusaders at the Coleraine Showgrounds, which is looking very well with all the work going on there as well. Uh, nice seeing the updates. I've been up a couple of times and, and seen it at various stages, but um, seems like a great job is being done. Glenavon are on their travels. They're at Stangmore Park to take on Dungannon Swifts. And Warren Point Town, who beat Portadown last weekend, will be hoping to beat Carrick Rangers as well and uh, keep up the, the late fight in their season. Uh, if Warren Point win all their games and Portadown lose all the remaining games, they could still get above them in the table. It's a mammoth task to avoid finishing bottom, but mathematically, whilst it's still there, let's give them the respect they deserve. Carrick Rangers heading to Milltown. So those are the games taking place on Saturday, but let's get into the preview for the match happening tonight. The match that I think everybody has an opinion on, everyone will want to be paying attention to. 
So let's first hear from Paul Lehman, who I was able to catch up with yesterday. The score with Michael Clark. What a match in prospect at Windsor Park. Friday night under the lights, Linfield versus Glentor in the big two. It's always a big deal, especially in the context of the title race. Cliftonville supporters will be watching on with interest as well. But to give us his perspective on what this match means and how it might go is someone that's played in it many times. He is someone that's lifted the Gibson Cup as Glen Torren captain more times than anyone in the last half century. And he is the last captain to lift the league with Glen Torren too. Of course, I'm referring to this man, Paul Lehman. Paul, good to have you on the score. Thanks, Michael. Nice, nice to be chatting to you again. Yes, uh, when you and I are together, um, people always listen, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but no, listen, it's, it's, it's always enjoyable and uh, it's always good football chatting, you know, always happy to chat. Well, I'm delighted to have you on the programme. Uh, we'll, we'll talk things Irish Cup because obviously we were together for the first of the semi-finals. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Irish Cup in a, in a bit, but in terms of this league game, the history books tell you all about it, but as someone that's been in the trenches what is this like for the players? It, it's a huge game. You know, the the two biggest clubs in the Irish League and the two biggest fan bases, there's always a lot of hype around the game. And, you know, even more so nowadays with, with social media and everything, I'm, you know, I'm sure the players see a lot more than they did when, certainly when I was playing. So there's so much hype around it. But obviously with so much at stake at this stage of the season, we're now into the final four games and, I think from Glen Thorne's perspective, you know, they have to win. They have to win this game tomorrow night. I think if Linfield beat Glen Thorne tomorrow night, it's it's obviously all over for, for Glen Thorne. If Glen Thorne were to beat Linfield, it, it opens things up a little bit. So, you know, it's such a huge game for, for both teams, for both sets of fans. And, you know, I'm sure everyone, it's a game that everyone will be looking forward to seeing on, on, on Friday night. I know it's going to be on live in BBC and, and I'm sure there'll be a massive crowd at, at, at Windsor Park as well. Glen Torren, I'm sure the players are hurting their fans, definitely were after last Saturday's game at the Oval. Nobody saw that coming and Crusaders were very quick afterwards you know, to say we were trying to win the game but we didn't see it going that way. 4-0, that, that was a stinging defeat for Glen Torren. It was and, and I mean obviously Crusaders beat Glen Torren 3-0 if you remember back at the very start of the season but that was a very much a Glen Torren team you know, with, a, with you know, a lot of new players maybe looking to find their their, their way in, in terms of their, their team shape and their lineup, but you know as the season progressed, Glenthorn found that went on a brilliant run, and I think coming to this stage of the season, I don't think anyone would have predicted Crusaders to go there and win four 0 Not to say that you know they're not capable because Crusaders are on a great run of form just now, and obviously they've reached the Irish Cup final, and they're you know so they would have been going to the Oval full of confidence, but. Certainly, I didn't expect the four the, 0 the defeat by Glenthorne, and I think it was the manner of the defeat that some of the goals that Glenthorne conceded were, you know, schoolboy errors. And I think at this stage of the season, it's not really about performance; it's about you know the results and, and, and the basics. I mean, I looked at the highlights, and, and the basics seemed to let Glenthorne down on, on the day, and you know they'll be really, really hurting after that defeat. But there's no you know better game to bounce back in than than a big two derby against their their biggest rivals and with a chance to, you know, to stay in the title race. So, you know, these players have now, they've got a lot of plaudits over this season, the Glenthorne players at times, and, you know, now it's time for them to step up and show what they're really made of. And there's no doubt the pressure is on. It's on both teams, clearly. Linfield is the home side, 
will be well aware that if they drop any points here, they could be handing it advantage to Cliftonville, who play on Saturday. But, yeah. but equally, from Glen Torren, any little doubts in your head after that game on Saturday? You need to find a way to, to shelve those, don't you? Yeah, it's, you know, it's massive for, for both teams, as I've said. And, and, and Limfield, I think the big thing that's in their favour, I'm not sure if they've lost a game at home this season. I think their home record is really formidable. So it's going to be a difficult one for Glen Torn to go up there and, and get a result. They're going to have to play really, really well. But Limfield will be confident being the home team. And they know what they've got to do. And they've got a lot of players there that have that have been there and done it. And, it, you know, it just adds... It's, it's a massive game and as you say it's one that Cliftonville certainly have their eye on because they'll be hoping that Glentorn can do them a favour which is going to give them possibly the advantage in the title race but um, I just think f- from a Glentorn perspective you know they, they have to win the game you know so f- for me Glentorn have to go and just take that game to Linfield you know have no reservations go up there and, and just you know throw everything they have at, at Linfield because they need to win that game and then and, and see what happens from there and then, you know, you wonder in some ways, does that play into Linfield's thinking too? If if they can be patient enough, Glentorn are there to be got up because they know, you know, unlike maybe matches earlier in the season, Glentorn aren't going to just sit back and hope for the best. They're going to need to take chances, especially as time goes on. Yeah, they are going to need to take chances. You know, it's it's just that stage of the season now, and and you know, Glentorn, the, the the sort of style of play that they have is is, is very patient build up, and then they look to. You know, get the ball into the front men quickly from wide areas and stuff. So it's you know, it, I, I just think Glenthorn need to go and really take the game to Linfield, play on the front foot from from early on, and and just you know, just hold hold nothing back. But I, I know what you're saying there. You know, that can be dangerous as well because Linfield can be so dangerous on the break that that can play into their hands. But I just think Glenthorn have to go with the attitude that you know we need to win this game and we've got to throw everything at it and try and get the the fans behind them early on with with you know a good tempo and a, and a good you know intensity to their to their game and that that can only help them and it's a huge game for both both teams and you know i'm i'm on holiday here in sun, sunny tenerife and i just hope that i can find a little irish bar somewhere to, <laughs> so that i can watch it <laughs> yes, sitting by the pool working hard <laughs> <laughs> someone has to do it michael <laughs> no you definitely earned it over the course of a, a busy year but uh, i'm sure you'll be uh, nervous watching on um do you ever get used to watching those games, having played in them? Um, you know, or is is your sort of footballer brain switched on, if you like? You always look. You always look forward to those games. You know, it's maybe we've been retired now for seven or eight years, and I've been to loads of those games because they're the games that, when you were a player, you just couldn't wait to play in. They're they're the big games with the big crowds, and you know, more often than not, there's something at stake in the Glens and Blues games, whether it be. You know, big semi-finals, finals, big league games. So that's the ones you wanted to play in, and, and that's the ones you know now that you're finished playing that you want to watch and you want to see how well the teams are doing in, in those big games because that's that's the sort of yardstick. That's the where you measure how good you know your team is when you come up against the top sides, and that that's what I'm saying. Now these Glentorn players, for me, they've got to show what they're made of. Now you know people talk about the investment in Glentorn and the squad that they've assembled, and and it is a fantastic squad, and they have got some fantastic players and real quality on their side but it's these games tomorrow night that define those players and define those squads and I was lucky to play in some really good teams that were able to win those big games and, and now this Glenthorne squad they've got to go up there and show what they can do. Did you appreciate at the time 
just how special a time that was at Glentoran, or is that something that, that comes after you hang up the boots? And I'm, I'm thinking of specifically you know, 19 medals in 15 seasons. That's that's the sort of career that you know little boys dream of. Yeah, if you ask, if I'm being really honest, Michael, it should have been a lot more winners medals. I don't want to be greedy, but we lost a hell of a lot of finals. Came second quite a lot of times in the league too, Linfield. So, you know, yes, I'm very thankful for, for what I achieved in terms of personally the medals that I have. But I was very lucky to play in a great era for Glen Torn with a great manager under Roy Coyle at the start with, with superb success and then other managers after that. But I was very lucky to just be in good teams with big characters and real winners. And that was the sort of, you know, that was the secret of our success. You had real characters, real leaders within the dressing room and boys that just wanted to go the extra mile for each other and, and a real camaraderie. I always find the league winning teams, there was a real togetherness, a real camaraderie and a real desire to get over the line. And that's what we had during those times when we, when we were very, very successful. But, you know, yes, you look back now and you think I was so lucky to be a, be a part of it all. But you also say to yourself, you could have had a lot more as well. And that, that's where the sort of competitive nature comes out in you. I love that sort of side as well, and um, you, you can just sort of sense the natural winner there. What about Roy Coyle? Because, you know, I, he obviously still goes down off a lot of the Glen Torren games, and sometimes I think a penny for Roy's thought to be an interesting one, but what was he like to play under? Because he certainly wasn't someone to let standards slip. No, he was He was an unbelievable manager. You know, he, he came in at the right time for Glen Torren, and the club was sort of down lower parts of the league and you know his first season he won the Irish Cup his second season we, we won the league and we just went on a fantastic run but he, he was just very clever in the players that he brought in and I think around that time you had a lot of boys who you know were Glenthorn people if you know if I can sort of coin that phrase you know a lot of local sort of players that, that sort of played for the shirt and that can be priceless as well and you don't see a lot of that these days not just at Glenthorn I just mean in, in general there's a lot of money about the league these days and people can be, be playing for the money. But, you know, in our day, yes, we were getting paid for doing something we love. But a lot of the boys I played with, certainly in those early years, loved Glen Torn and just wanted to get, get down into the trenches with Glen Torn, played for that badge. And sometimes that got us over the line and, you know, that can be priceless. And you don't see a lot of that in football anymore. But as I say, I was so lucky to to play with those types of players. You know, you, you just mentioned a few. You talk about Colin Nixon, Mark Lindenning, Elliot Morris, Gary Smith, Darren Lockhart, Scott Young. You know, people like these guys were household names. And, we, you know, they, they just knew what it meant to, to, to play and to win things for Glen Thorne. It was a very special time with a great manager at the helm. And looking at the current crop, there's no doubting the talent. They've lost momentum in this title race they know and, and you've stated what's required if they want to try and make a late surge for it you know and the coming close to the final furlong uh, as it were but what's your thoughts on them what's it going to take to for, for Glen Torren to get back on top of the table maybe not even they're this not season but just, just in terms of going forwards yeah they're not far away Michael I have to say you know and they could still win it you know I know we're talking here about the good old days and what might be, but you know they they could still win it. They can go up to the the, the Windsor Park tomorrow night. They're very capable of beating Linfield if if they get their game their game right, and it, you know if they take the game to Linfield. So I'm not writing them off in any way, and they're not far away. They've got a lot of quality. It's, it's probably the best Glenthorn squad there's been in a decade. So you know people will expect the the, the 
expectation level is always there. The Glen Tormit die, obviously, with the, the investment and the squad of players that they have, the expectation level rises. Again, you know, you're going what 11, 12 years without a, a league title win, so the expectation rises. So that you know, there's there's pressure on these players. So first and foremost, they've got to be able to deal with that pressure, and that comes with playing with a big club uh, like Glen Torn. So that pressure is always there. So the players have to deal with that, and you know, there's no doubt in the quality in, in the squad. And I always look at Glen Torn. I see a lot, quite a lot of them, and I, I just think the midfield they're lacking a little bit in midfield. They've got great strike power. I like their their defensive options. Um, the goalkeepers come in and done well this season. You know, after a shaky start, he settled a bit, and I just think the midfield they probably need someone that's going to score. You know, maybe double figures from from the middle of the park, show that little bit more creativity from the middle of the park, and that's the only area that, that I feel they're a little bit weak in. But overall, they're they're a smashing squad, and they they've certainly got what it takes. But it's up to the players now to go out and, and prove that on the on the field. I just wonder what your thoughts are on the Irish Cup saga. Has that in any way distracted from what they're trying to do in the league? We expect to hear an answer next week um, about the arbitration. Um, it's being touted the next Friday we're going to hear. Yeah, I think it needs to be sorted out as soon as possible for, for the benefits of everyone. Um, obviously, Glenthorn feel that they have some sort of a case and they're, they're taking it as far as they, they can now. But you sort of feel for the certainly look. You look at Crusaders. You feel for Crusaders. It's certain they're probably wondering. You know, they don't know who they're playing yet. The other teams don't know who's going to be in the final. There's a lot of preparation goes with you know an Irish Cup final. You know, stupid things like the Cup final suits and kits and things like that. And you know, supporters planning for it. And, and it would just be good if it was all put to bed once and for all, whatever way it goes, so that everyone knows exactly what's happening and and, and we can have a showpiece. To look forward to that that that's what i hope you know it can all be sort of handled pretty quickly and, and and move on from there because it is a big day in the irish league calendar that everyone looks forward to and you know it's been a fantastic title race and you know hopefully we can still get a good, good irish cup final as well well when you look at the meetings between glen torn and linfield this season linfield three no winners in september then in Boxing Day plus one, it was a draw at Windsor Park and Glen Torren won the most recent meeting in February by a solitary goal. So this one should be quite the spectacle. I'll let you get back to topping up your tan and I hope you enjoy the match, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Pleasure. The Score with Michael Clark. So those are the thoughts of Paul Lehman and the Glen Torren perspective on things. Uh, now let's hear from someone who knows exactly how the Blues players will be feeling going into this when he played 1,013 games for them, won 10 league titles and quite a few other bits of silverware along the way too. Noel Bailey, welcome onto the score. Oh, Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. It's good to talk to you, Noel. Uh, these games are always special affairs and you know them better than most. Uh, what were they like to be involved in? They were great. Uh, it's just when you know you've got thousands, obviously when you play for Linfield, you know you're going to have you know two or three thousand on average just at every single game. Um, but whenever you, you know the clans are coming to town, it's uh, or we're going to the Oval, you know there's going to be sometimes double, sometimes if you're lucky enough, treble that figure, maybe in around eight, nine, ten thousand. But it's 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 such a difference playing in front of a huge crowd like that than than there is playing in front of your normal crowd. But yeah, absolutely, they're great occasions. 
I'm always mindful, you know, looking out onto the pitch and you can see, you know, so many young talented players involved in these games and, and we can all be so critical and we don't take those sort of things, you know, an experience or youth or whatever into consideration. But you were fairly fresh faced when you were thrown into the mix. So how, how did you deal with that pressure of thousands of people demanding the right result? Just try to play a normal game. I mean, and when I was fresh faced, I was a left winger, so you know it was it was a, it's a case of just hard work, you know, trying not to let the crowd fade. I mean, when I, when I was playing, the, the sort of the big fascination was at the very start, looking around, you know, walking out wherever wherever I was in the in the line, fifth, sixth, seventh, just looking at at the at the massive crowd walking out, but. For me, it, it sort of all disappeared once the the ref threw the whistle. You know, it was it was let's get going. Doesn't matter if there's two people here or or twelve thousand people here. It's just let's get going. That's you know, let's get the crosses in. That's you know, win tackles. Let's make sure the right back as it was then when I was playing against them doesn't get up and down the line. It was just your basic concentrating the game, enjoy the crowd before the match and all being well enjoy, enjoy the crowd after the match but uh, during the match no it didn't it didn't really made no difference apart from the noise obviously whenever you know the goals went in well it was four year against you um you know that, that was that was a it was a huge feeling and whenever especially whenever some people scored and you could you could just hear those thousands of people cheer compared to um, the normal games when it wasn't that many so just took just took it as a come did you ever have jitters going into those games no, jitters. I, I was. I, I just. I had. Um, it's. It's hard to explain. I felt generally the same way for for ninety nine point nine percent of the games. It was the European games where I would have just felt that wee bit more because it's probably that worry in my head that we were actually going to get thumped in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, we you know we played some some teams in Europe like the the, the Irish league games. Just, just a wee bit of nervous tension. Yeah, not nothing major. You know, I wasn't well, sitting in the toilet sick or anything like that. Like you know, I've heard <laughs> read the occasional person would do, but no, just really more. Let's, let's get the started. I can't wait. You know, this build up's been brilliant, and I'm looking forward to the walkout. But you know, let's get the game started. Yeah, there was, it was a bit of just a wee bit of nervous tension, but together with, oh, I can't wait for this to start. That level headedness is, you know, I'm sure a big trait that helped you throughout your career. Uh, was that something that you learn over time or was that something that was just with you from whenever you started playing football, would you say, no? I, I would say it was there from the start of playing football. You know, whether it be, I was in a pretty, I know you, you were talking kids football, but you still have pretty successful teams. So I had a pretty successful um, Hillsborough boys team. So, mm-hmm. And I was captain of that team for whatever it was, three, four, five years. So yeah, that was it, it, that was just how I was then too. Um, same with when I'm a pretty successful Linfield Rangers team, and then the Swiss team was pretty successful too. So yeah, it, it just it it was all the way through from from start, basically from start of my career when I was with Hillsborough Boys till the, when I finished, and uh, um, at the end of my career with the Blues, it was just all the way through. It was exactly the same thing. Decent Hillsborough boys team with Jerry Taggart in that squad, I think. Uh, that was Neil Lennon, Jerry Taggart, yes. Yeah. So that, that was, it was more than a decent team. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a pretty, yeah, when you had um, Jerry Taggart and Neil Lennon. I mean, the two of them stood out. They were stood out by my They were both on Man City's uh, books for, well, I think probably from maybe when they were 14, 
maybe 13, 14, 15. So they would obviously play with us every week and then we would hear, oh, they're away for a little while to be with City for a wee while. So, you know, they were destined for great things um, when they were kids. Like. It must so be it an education, I guess, as well, to be on the pitch with better players. You know, with all due respect to the incredible career you've had, you know, those were two... You know, stellar careers that, that the both of them went on to to have and, and I'm sure at that young age the talent as you said they stood out like a sore thumb on the pitch they must have been able to sort of teach other players around them a trick or two yeah well the one I would I would probably point slightly towards would be Lennon I mean Taggart was Jerry Taggart was brilliant but he was huge <laughs> you know I, I, I'm, as I forwards was, would tell you <laughs> yeah I mean uh, even at that age, I mean at uh, 14, yeah. 15, or 13. He was, he was just, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm not that big. I've never, never have been that big. Obviously, when I was playing, certainly wasn't a big center half, whether it be height wise or you know, muscle wise. I was never big. When I was probably, what, what time do you, what, what age do you reach? 22, 23, 24, whenever you reach your, you, yeah. you, you stop growing. Jerry was probably bigger than me when he was 14 than when I was 22. <laughs> he was just huge. So, he had everything he needed, but he's also a smashing player. You know, first set and a half, he was just quality. Like a left foot, great, obviously great in the air. He was just quality. Um, Lennon wasn't. He was. He was just your normal, whatever he was at those that said five foot five, five foot six, wherever he was at that age, at fourteen or fifteen. But he was so good on the ball. It was. It was. It was frightening to look at him and go, how can he be so good? And amongst us, who are all. Pretty, we were obviously pretty good players, you know. It was, as I said, it was a good Hillsborough boys team, mm-hmm. but he was—he wasn't good. He was brilliant at that age. So was Taggart. So I'm not, I'm not taking that away from Taggart, but it was just generally because of the size-wise with regards to Lennon. He was—he was just magnificent. It, it, I've never seen a fella with so much time on the ball at that age. It was—it was just in giving himself room, knew what he was doing with a pass, and to have something like that when you're, as I say, so young was. Yeah, it was, it was just magnificent to watch him play football. So it was no surprise to see him go on and, and, and blossom in the way that he did. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, not, not it's not well, not a surprise. You know what it's like. I and mean, there's people who go over to England all the time. Can swallow Scotland. them up. Yeah, uh, obviously, and then they come back here, and then you know, all of a sudden, you know, where did he go? And then, so I, I'm not saying it wasn't a surprise that he he did great, but you, you've seen it before. Many many people just disappear, but you know, he didn't. He was. Yo, superb footballing career and superb uh, manager's career too. So yeah, he's he was quality. As I say, I'm obviously I'm not putting Tiger down. I'm just but he was quality too, obviously, and he had a great career too. But he had all the physical attributes from being so young. But Lennon didn't. But he was just it's it's just quality. When you know I'm listening to you talking about. I was in this team and they were good, and I was in this team and they were good. The, the thing that has to be consistent, I guess, is the mentality, and, and it's probably the hardest thing to put your finger on, really, isn't it? Because it, it nearly sounds like a cliche if you haven't been part of a dressing room like that or you haven't you know, reported on a team like that, at least, and kind of got a feeling for that, that X factor that is required to go from being a good team to being a dominant team and to a team that can constantly challenge and win things. You know, well, consistency is a, a huge thing for me. I mean, you can be, a, you, me and you and all the listeners, I've seen players who you've seen, oh, he is just a magnificent footballer, one game, and then the next six or seven, you don't see much from him. Mm-hmm. And then another game will be, oh, my goodness, another, another fantastic game he's had. So, I mean, but, but some of the teams I played, you had, especially when you come to Linfield, you, 
there's no sense just being good every third or every fourth or every fifth game. You know, you um, you have to be good every single game, not every single minute of every single game. Your 100% work rate has to be there, but I mean, you have to be pretty good quality in every single game. Um, maybe four out of five, if you're lucky, if the manager's, if the manager's kind to you, you might have one slide off day, but the least you can do is work 100% and, you know, make sure your opponent doesn't do, um, much damage during the game. But, you know, you have to be consistently good. And that, that makes a huge difference when you come to the big clubs who demand success from day one. You know, if you, if you're not consistently good, then, you know, it might pass you by, unfortunately. And that is something that I'm just fascinated in because, you know, you look at that team that you were involved in, especially under David Jeffrey and obviously the mm. success that he had there. Uh, Jurgen Klopp talks about mentality monsters, but there had to be an element of that with, with you guys as well to have the confidence to believe you could do it, but also have the thick skin to, to persevere through everything and, and, and keep winning. Oh, yes, thick skins. Um Thick skin uh, is, is an essential um, attribute you have to have. I mean, fans are, are at times, how can you put it? Um, Passionate. You, ha- you have to be able to take it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, well, or, you know, if, 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 if you just have to be able to take what you get from the crowd. 95% of the time, it'll be good. Obviously, if, if, if something, somebody's having a bad day, you know, some people may get on their back. You just have to be able to take it, you know, just get on with it. Trust yourself, trust your teammates to help you out. Um, and believe that, believe that, okay, I've, I've had a bad 25, half an hour here. I've got to be a bit of abuse in the crowd. Carry on. Second half will be different or, you know, the next 20 minutes will not be bad, I can assure you. So, yeah, mentality has to be great. You know, it has to be. You can't, you can't, you can't walk in and worry too much. That you're going to have a bad game because that's yeah that's that's not where you want to start. You want to start by believing yes, I'm going to have a cracking game here. Um, I'm not going to let the team down. I'm not going to let the fans and the staff down. Whereas if you go into it, oh, I hope I don't have a bad game here. Well, then you're <laughs> you're half on the back foot as it is to start off with. Speaking of cracking games, hopefully tonight's will be uh, Linfield versus Glen Torren, of course. Yeah. And when we're you know looking at things with a few games to go. You want to be top of the table. You know, people have this conversation all the time and say, oh, would you rather be chasing? At this stage, absolutely not. You need to be at the top, don't you? Yeah, like I said a couple of weeks ago to to somebody, whoever's got the most, you know, I got the most points as favourites for the league. That's it. Um, I I know something, oh, they're they're running now, maybe slightly easier than the other. It doesn't matter. If if you're one point ahead, then I would wait. Whoever got the one point ahead is the favourites for the league. So, I mean, if, if... so I would wait to lose as the favourites because they've got that one point. That's it. Um, yeah, you want to be ahead. You don't want to be chasing now with only four games to go. Definitely not. You know that that might be okay being chasing whenever you're twelve, fifteen games to go and only a couple of points behind. You know you're sitting comfortably where you are, but not now. Yeah, no, good, at, yeah. good at Christmas, not at Easter. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you I mean everybody wants to be where sitting with the Blues are now. So, and that's um, that's what just what it is. On the the match tonight, um, will you be at it yourself? And, and what's your what's your gut feeling telling you? Yeah, yeah. Me and me and my dad are going up, and I'm meeting um, Paul Monster. Used to oh, play for the Blues. Yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, he contacted me that he's back over from I think he, he was in India managing. He's doing a so, good job out there as well. So you'll have to say hello to him for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm meeting him. Um, him and his dad 
So the four of us are going to go down and meet at Windsor, and uh, we're going up to, to watch the gala. So, yeah, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, um, should be a good one. Uh, the clans are... Well, how to put a, a, a... I mean, the, the, the clans were sitting beautifully once they beat the Blues um, at the Oval 1-0. Uh, they were sitting lovely. I don't know if it was a one-point or two-point lead. I can't remember exactly, but from then, you know what? Things haven't been going great for them, and then that they were, they were they were sitting okay. They weren't still sitting that far behind, but I think the draw against Balamina, I think, mm-hmm. and then last Saturday's defeat against uh, the Cruz was. It's not quite a fatal blow, but you know it was, it was certainly a crushing blow for them. You know, there's ways of getting beaten. There's ways of getting beaten. Wow, well, that was. Uh, I don't think I'm talking out of school or being disrespectful, but you know that was awful. You know, and some of the goals. I think three of the goals. I think that the first goal, um, Dacky Cadell's been doing that for many, many years. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him over the years, so you know it's no surprise that he sneaked in there uh, to, to get a great header in. But you know, your second, third, and fourth goals, <laughs> to put it um, uh, nicely, they were avoidable. Yes, I think that's uh, that's a fair summary. And and, and Glen Torren, so. Glen Torren after the match, I can tell you, were were using stronger language about themselves than that. So you're you're definitely yeah. not being unkind, though. No. Um, it, it's the the game where you know everyone will say, well, the, the the perfect match to bounce back will be this one if you are Glen Torren. Um, you know, you've probably got into games like that too, where you've been warned about wounded beasts and all the rest of it, whatever mm-hmm. the verbiage is. Um. How do how do Linfield approach this one for you? Do do they need to adjust their game at all for for the match and the occasion, or or not in your view? No, I think they're they're they'll be very similar to the Cliftonville game. I mean, I th- I thought they did very very well. I thought some of the football the Blues papers was beautiful. Actually, it surprised me that they had as much of the ball. In fact, probably I don't know if they had more of the ball than that, but it looked to me just, just watching that they had more of the ball than I expected them to have against Cliftonville because I've, I've watched Cliftonville a few times this year and you know they, they hold on to the ball, pass it about, back, mid-fade, back, mid-fade. Some of their plays beautiful, but I, I, it surprised me that the Blues had as much as, as much of the ball as they had. So I expected to have generally about the same team and not to change the performance too much. You know, it's a... Uh, Huge pitch. You want to you want to grab hold of the ball. You want to keep it. You know, one of the main things: keep the ball. If you have the ball, the other team can't score. So, um, yeah, I expect more of the same from what there was a good performance last week. The a couple of great chances. You know, probably a couple of them were probably sitting. In fact, probably most of them were sitting in the, maybe in the dressing room after thinking, "Yeah, that's a decent point." But you know, we probably could have won that. So. I don't think it'll be. I don't think the team will change too much tonight. Uh, I don't. Um, I think they'll play generally the same way. You know, obviously he had his own formation. He had the formation. I don't think he'll change it too much. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to. It. Yeah, we all are. It's been great talking mm-hmm. to you, Noel. Thanks for your insight and for coming on to the score. Oh, no problem. Anytime. The score with Michael Clark. Still to come in the programme, we hear about the Women's Premiership League launch last night and we'll be talking as well about Kenny Shields. The players have given him their full support after a difficult few days for the Northern Ireland team and the women's manager in particular after comments that he made post-match got a lot of media attention. Uh, We'll hear what Julie Nelson had to say on that 
and the upcoming league campaign in uh, due course in the programme. But now we are going to look at the championship and hear from Newry City manager Darren Mullen. I was speaking to him yesterday and I began by asking him about the title race itself. It's almost Newry City's title, but not quite. Anna are keeping them honest. Yeah, they are indeed. We had a really good game against them on on Saturday, so it's it's still ongoing. There's nothing won yet. You know, we have four games left. Uh, we have to win three of them. So yeah, it's certainly all to play for, and you know we're not getting in any way complacent yet. Um, there's a lot can happen in football. So yeah, we're enjoying it because this is where we wanted to be, um, right in the thick of it, and yeah, plenty of football to be played yet. When you went one 0 down against Anna United, um, I'm sure. Some supporters were starting to get nervous. What were your thoughts in terms of trying to manage that game and making sure that you were able to come away with something which eventually you were able to do? It's like one of those moments where you see in Sky Sports where the league table changes, mm-hmm. depending on how the score goes, and you can see it going from 4-1. to one. So that was an image I had in my head for a while. But yeah, look, in fairness, they went 1-0 up and they could have went 2-0 up and there were a couple of good chances. And we just needed to settle ourselves, which we did. And then we finished it stronger and could have won it. But I think overall the draw was, was a fair result. And it was one of those games where, uh, for us, it was a, a must-not-lose, you know, to keep that gap, which which we did. So we just had to take that momentum into like all on Saturday. And Oren Casey popping up with the goal. Uh, what a moment for him. Young player seems to be doing well with yourselves. Yeah, there's a bit of a debate over who scored it. Mark Kelly's claiming the last touch on it, but uh, it was Orange <laughs> birthday, so we, we didn't want to disappoint him. We let him at it. Um, yeah, look, he, he's come in to us. I'd be good friends with Paddy, and he, he recommended him. He's come in, you know, um, officially has been terrible, and I think he could do with another couple of years with us. You know, unofficially, he's, uh, yeah, he's a great lad. I think he's a big future ahead of him. Um, you know, he's come in and, and, and done really well, fitted in with the rest of the lads, and, you know, he's been a brilliant addition for us this year. You know, he must do Mark Kelly something now after uh, handing that goal over. It doesn't always happen. No, I think anybody else would have been jumping all over that goal. But Mark, civil fellow that he is, he just he didn't say too much after he, I spoke to him and he said that he got a touch and he wasn't shouting from the rooftops. I think he was just happy enough to let Oren have it. He shares a car with Oren, so maybe he didn't want to listen to him crying down, down the road, so he just let him have it. <laughs> sharing cars, sharing goals, there you go. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, the, the friendship helped uh, negotiate that one then. In terms of the season, because there, there's still a lot to play for for Newry City, and you're hoping that there's an Irish Cup still to play for as well. Just how disruptive has the whole process been, Glen Torin? You know, at the time being, or the time we're talking, or in arbitration, still we hope to have an answer by the end of next week. Limbo land for Newry City and their supporters. Um, how difficult has it been? Not, not an awful lot, to, to be honest, because look, I'm somebody that tries to deal with things uh, as they come. You know, you try to take the chin. Initially, there's that sense of disappointment um, once you hear there's appeal, and then it goes to arbitration. But you have to turn that around pretty quick because our main priority is the league. Um, you know, and that that remains. So, so we need to focus on the league. And for this disruption and in inverted commas, if you like, has given us an opportunity to to, to focus solely on the league um, until that comes up. But in terms of any disruption, it's more so for the officials at the club and the fans because they don't know what's going to happen in terms of their preparation. Um, you know, we would like to have a, a, our day on the on the Saturday against Balamina down at Mornview, the occasion that it is, and it's a pity now that it's looking like. Uh, you know, Tuesday night. So there's very little we can do, Michael, to be honest. It's outside 
of our control. Um, you know, Glenhorn have have had their appeal. Look, and they're they're entitled to appeal in whatever manner they can. I, I know Mick well and get on with them. Um, you know, for me personally, I think this issue uh, itself had got to a point where, yeah, they could make their appeal against Comet and, and their other items. Once it was turned down, for me, I thought that was that was it, done and dusted. But they had decided to take it on further, so we just had to wait and see what happens. And has there been, I guess, behind-the-scenes conversations between Uri City and Glen Torin, or, or have relationships been in any way affected by all of this? No, there's been nothing between the clubs. I mean, there hasn't been anyway. There, there never has been any any reason to be to have any conversations this season anyway. So nothing in that regard, you know. And, and whatever happens, it shouldn't share any relations between it. You know, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, we're you know an innocent party in this. Um, it's up to Glen Torn to, to to fight their case. Um, and we just have to wait and see what happens. In terms of Tuesday the twenty sixth, is the the penciled-in semi-final match versus Balamina United, which you're hoping will be yourselves. Just for anyone that doesn't quite get the picture from the Newry side, how sort of awkward is the Tuesday night in comparison to Saturday with the, the squad that you have and everything else? How, how much more goes into preparing for a midweek game like that of, of such magnitude? Well, if it had been a Saturday, you've, you've obviously the full day with your players and you can go for bit of breakfast and do things at their leisure um, the reality for us is that we have you know, part-time players who are either coming off a building site you know we have John Boyle who's a firefighter who has to arrange his, rearrange his shifts so that it's disruptive in, in terms of, of getting the night off for, for the players and maybe rushing things on a Tuesday afternoon for what's a massive occasion for the club um, so it's difficult in, in that regard um, but again there's very little we can do about that there's no point in me crying about it there's nothing I can do at this stage to change it we just have to wait until the Friday which again isn't ideal later it's four days before the actual game I think we know by five o'clock on the, on the Friday afternoon so whilst you're focusing on the league you also have to keep an eye on that because there's no point in waiting until four days before a game with that magnitude to start preparing for Balamina you know we've had them watched and um, you know watch, watching footage to prepare for it so it's it's a bit of a side issue at the minute in relation to the league, but at the same time, you can't ignore it. And that's where it's interesting. And Palomino United will, I guess, feel similarly because they will have short notice to prepare for whoever they'll be playing against. They have part-time players too. But um, they at least, I suppose, know they have a semi-final, if that's any comfort to them. Um, for yourselves and Glen Torin, it's still not decided, not yet. Yeah, it's probably the only comfort for it. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure like ourselves, um, David and his players and, and fans would have rather had you know, Saturday afternoon at Mournview to enjoy the occasion. But, um, yeah, they'll know who they're playing against. David came down to watch us against Wally Clare. Um, I'm hoping he, he, he took more notice of the first half performance in which we were terrible. Um, you know, we, we had a good second half. But, um, yeah, they're pretty much like, our, like ourselves. We just had to wait and see what happens. Um Next Friday, we were only made aware of it today. What what was happening or when the the, the definite date was? So we had in between them, we have three league games. So I just focus on those, and then we'll wait and see what Friday the twenty second brings. And it was suggested a while ago, maybe this didn't need to escalate to this point. How about a rematch? Um, when that was appearing in papers and online and wherever else, uh, what were your thoughts? No, that wouldn't. 
it wouldn't have happened. Um, I think it was a case of making the decision on what happened that day. Um, you know, and I've said before that, you know, for me, he, he wasn't eligible to play. I think that was proven. And and going back to the common system, uh, I've said it already, does it need looked at? Of course it does. Like any system, should it be in, in work or football or whatever, you should be continually monitoring to see what, what happened. You know, because I had, um, you know, sympathy for Dundala and, and Lacall, um in, in their case, you know, innocently signing people before a deadline. And that's something that needs looked at. Um, in this case here, uh, you know, Clintorn had played a, a player that wasn't eligible. And within the common system, it does advise you to make sure that, you know, clubs check on their suspensions and players. And and we do that. I have Laura Hill and Torture at our club. Um, you know, she does a great job and I'm making sure that everything's uh, done in terms of suspensions and, and signings. So it is up to the clubs to make sure of the, of the house in order. Um, so a, pr- less, a case of lessons to be learned from this, but said it doesn't happen again because it's a massive competition that you know has been I wouldn't say tarnished but it's just it's, it's disappointing how this has panned out in the last uh, two or three weeks with the league campaign as it is and obviously you're now post split too uh, you know that every game is going to be a challenging match uh, do you take some comfort in the fact that there's a couple of home games sprinkled in there no, because our, our away form is better than our home form. Um, <laughs> so I, would read, I wouldn't read too much um, into that. Um, it, it's, we have two home and two away. We need to win three of them. It, it doesn't matter to me where they come as long as we win them. It's just a case of getting it over the line. At this stage, the players know um, how important it is. You know, training has been, been very good. Um, we have a lot of experience in the dressing room, you know, mixed in with, with a good bunch of young lads. So everything's set up first, but I, I spoke about it to the players on Tuesday night nobody's going to give us this league title we have to go and get it um, in, in the Ballyclare game we looked as if we were waiting for something to happen and that can't and we have to go on and make sure we go and grab this league title you know and if we do it'll be a terrific season for us and anything happens in the Irish Cup after that'll be a bonus and the gap's four points uh, between yourselves and Anna United for anyone that hasn't seen it four games to go what would it mean for you to, to clinch this league title clearly everyone wants to win leagues but Coming, you know, off the back of a period of time where you weren't able to play football and everything, to now be in a position where you might be winning the league in the next couple of weeks, um, just how special would that feel? It'd be brilliant, massive for the club. It's, it's where we want to be, but you have to be very careful that you're not overthinking that possibility. You know, it's 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 great having that, um, you know, visualization of of winning the league title, but you can't lose focus. From it, you know, if you get too far ahead, if I'm starting to think, what if that happens or that result happens, then you lose focus of of the next game. We just have to make sure that we beat luck all. Um, whatever happens with Anna after that, you know, that, that's outside our hands. So we know what we have to do, and it's it's up to us to do it. And if if we go on with the league title, we'll be deserving winners. If we don't, then you know, we'd have to look at that. But um, it's just a case of looking at, at luck all. That's really all that matters at this stage. It's not a case of uh, the, the Irish Cup or the game on Easter Tuesday the, the game this Saturday is the only thing that matters How hard is that to keep the blinkers on players because people do get excited and you mentioned there's some young lads in your in your squad who maybe don't have that experience behind them yet how do you keep them all trucking? It's Well there's only so much you know myself and the coaches can do a lot of it comes within the players themselves and, and they've created a good atmosphere within the group you know the good bunch of lads there's there's plenty of joking, and I've said before, you need to be extremely thick-skinned in our 
changing room. So it, it, there's certainly no no pressure from from within the group. Um, you know, any any pressure that we have at the minute is, is good pressure, if you like, because it's a case of going and, and winning for league title. It could be pressure of at relegation, which is a completely different type of pressure. This is where we want to be. So it, it's it's a, a scenario to be embraced and enjoyed. You know, this is why I wanted to become a manager. This is why players join Uri to come and, and possibly win league titles. So it's it's just keeping your nerve, you know, realizing that that there is a certain amount of, of pressure, like but turn that that pressure into into positive performances. And finally, a word on Anna United because I don't think I'm being disrespectful to them to say they're they've been a real surprise package in this campaign haven't they you know there's there's plenty of talented squads in the league but they've had to punch above their weight to 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 be in the position they're in yeah huge credit to to kieran and his team down there they're pretty similar to what we done we came up from the premier intermediate league and and got that bounce straight away um you know and riding on the crest of a wave at the time and anna seemed to be doing that and they are where they deserve to be you know the second best team in the league push us all the way on on Saturday, so it's a huge credit um, to them. And, and whatever happens this season for Kieran, you know we can look back on it with, with a lot of, a lot of pride. Um, they've come on leaps and bounds, and and hopefully the two of us can go up in, in whatever manner. It's been a fun one to watch from the outside looking in, and uh, best of luck to to both teams, of course. Uh, Darren, thanks for coming on to the score. Okay, thanks, Michael. The score with Michael Clark. One game in the championship tonight, that is Ballyclare Comrades against Ards at Dixon Park. The Saturday game, see Anna United away to Balnamalar. Dirkview hosts the Welders. Newry City, as you've just heard, are against Law Gaul. Dundella play Knockbreda. And it's Institute versus Queen's University at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium as Queen's try and mount a great escape. Six points behind Institute. So another match worth keeping an eye on before we hear from some of the players to talk about the women's premiership league launch which happened at windsor park we must first address the controversy around comments made by kenny shields this week the 65 year old manager has had an incredible time as boss of the women's team they have reached the euros an achievement that nobody would have thought possible when he came into the role and many players probably never thought they would get the opportunity to have this week over 15,000 people crammed into Windsor Park to see a women's international fixture. Another thing that people said would probably be the stuff of fairy tales and dreams, and yet they made it possible. But sadly, the focus has been shifted to what was said after the match, after the 5-0 defeat against England, when a soundbite was lifted from a press conference women are more emotional than men what was that alluding to a lot of people thought they had an idea on it a lot of people certainly had an opinion on it and off the back of that what was described by kenny shield's daughter lauren on social media as abuse towards her father and a character assassination to the players via their captain issued a statement which was as follows in light of recent events, collectively we stand by our manager. We feel his interview was in relation to a meeting we had as a team where we analysed that we concede goals in quick succession and emotions was one of the many things we discussed. Since Kenny took over our national team three years ago, I have always complimented him publicly on how he can get the best out of his players individually 
and collectively. He is a man of integrity who cares for us like we are family. Kenny has transformed the game here in Northern Ireland because he understands how to get the best out of his players. We have qualified for a major tournament because he transformed our mindset. We look forward to the next few months as we continue to prepare for the Euros this summer. Selling out the National Stadium has been a pivotal moment for the game here in Northern Ireland and we as players and staff will continue as a team to help grow the game and inspire the next generation of young players and fans. Those the words of Marissa Callahan, which has got a very positive response online. But given that I had the chance to speak with Julie Nelson, who is the record appearance holder for Northern Ireland's women, um, it was good to get her thoughts on it as well. How are the players feeling at the moment? And was an apology required at all? No, uh, the statement Marissa released was on behalf of the whole squad. You know, that's what the feelings of the whole squad are. We are completely aware of the context that the comments were made in and, and none of us are offended by them. I think that maybe reassures some people who were wondering what the players were thinking because a lot was said and it was probably annoying for you reading that, was it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we know that of the qualities that Kenny brings to, to our squad and him and his backroom staff have progressed the squad on massively. Um, so, yeah, it was hurtful for us and I'm sure for Kenny, you know, to, to see the furore that was created in the media over the last 48 hours. Well, you'll be glad that um, maybe the record's been set straight and you've got the Euros to look forward to. But before we get as far as that, there's a lot of excitement about the new Women's Premiership season. Your club pushing for silverware as ever. Um, we're right up there in the, the Irish Cup final, for example. I know it's probably still a bit of a sore one for you, Julie. Sorry about that. But, you know, this year, can you go one better, maybe? Yeah, ultimately, that's the aim, Michael. Um, you know, we, we set out eight season, you know, to make progress and improve in the previous season and last season as you say we got to two cup finals and we finished third in the league um, so we need to look at closing the gap between ourselves and Cliftonville and Glentor in last season um, and start taking points off them and ultimately if we can win one of those cup finals uh, I think the county Antrim was the most hurt hurtful to concede a, an equaliser so late on and then obviously to lose in penalties but um, if we can look to progress on the pro progress that we made last year building that this year who knows what can happen. You were speaking and spoke very well about, you know, where the league can be and where it's come from. I think, you know, we can't lose sight of how much progress has been made. But in terms of how we kick it on further, what are some of the key things? Yeah, you know, as you say, the game has, has improved massively over the last 10 years, probably, um, especially since uh, Niffle took control of the league. Um, and it's great to see the improvement in terms of the facilities and, and the exposure of the game. And I think Louise McFrederick alluded to that we actually have kits now that fit us, which is fantastic. And, you know, I don't think there's many of the, the teams now are having to pay for their own kit, which would have would have been happening, you know, not so long ago, maybe two or three years ago, that, that the, the players were having to pay for their own kit as well. So those things have improved massively. Um, but it, I think you know we can still take strides to to improve the game again, and you know we we currently play in the summer. We play on a Wednesday night. Um, you know the question needs to be asked maybe about changing those games. Do we need to change the winter league to match with the international setup? Do we need to move the games from a Wednesday evening to perhaps a Saturday or a Sunday in terms of uh, visibility and exposure of the game as well? And I'm sure there's other things in terms of media coverage and, and highlight shows and those types of things that can be looked at as well. 
the point on kits is something that maybe a lot of people wouldn't be aware of. I was hosting an event in here earlier in the week with two women you know very well, in Danielle McDowell and Helen McKenna. And Danielle was saying about one time being booked by a referee and she was wearing essentially a hand-me-down kit where the ref said, could you untuck your jersey? I can't see the number on the back of it. And, you know, we can laugh at it now, but it shows you where we are when the international team, I'm sure you're very proud to be wearing your own bespoke kit, an official women's kit, and... As you say, your club gear, which you're, you're repping here, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic for us as players. It's funny to hear some of the comments. You know, you mentioned the international kit, and obviously people are used to us playing in slightly bigger kits, and, um, you know, people are saying, oh, those shorts are a bit shorter, or, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, it's just interesting to see the different perspectives on it. But it's fantastic to have our own kits at international level and now um, at clubs as well to have, you know, gear that fits us and, and you know, basically just to feel more comfortable on the pitch as well. It sounds like a small thing, but it's uh, an important thing, and I'm glad to hear it's going in the right direction. Good to talk to you as ever, Jilly. Thank you. No worries, Michael. Jilly Nelson speaking at the Premiership League launch last night. The women's top flight gets underway on Wednesday. Her team, Crusader Strikers, will climb Derry City Women. Glen Torren Women will be up against Lisburn Ladies. Linfield Ladies take on Middlestar Ladies. And Science Swifts will be at home against Cliftonville. Uh, those are the matches to look forward to, and uh, let's have a little bit of a preview for Glentoran versus Lisburn. Uh, only fitting, I think. Uh, we'll hear from Hayden Davis in a minute about his maiden voyage in the top flight of the game, but let's first hear from somebody who got their hands on the title last season, Glentoran's Jess Foy. And Jess was uh, raring to go ahead of the new campaign, I think it's fair to say. I'm very excited uh, for the season coming around. It feels like a very long time from we've played a competitive game. Uh, we've got Lisburn first, you know, next Wednesday night. So we're playing a new team up into the league. So we don't really know what to expect, but it's definitely going to be filled with a lot of challenges this year throughout the league. And it's one that we're really looking forward to. And all about that title defence, you're the team to, uh, I guess, everyone wants to try and get a result against. Yeah, you know, we have a saying that pressure is a privilege, um, you know, and it's where we want to be, right at the top of the league. And, you know, we've been very successful the last two years and it's something that we want to kind of build upon again this year um, and try at the end of the season, have our name still at the top of the league table. But, you know, it's going to be a very long season. There's going to be lots of challenges and lots of breaks within the season. So it's important that we're kind of keeping our focus on each each week as it comes and, you know, each game as it comes. And hopefully by the end of the season, we'll, we'll have a few trophies to our name as well. There's been so much focus, and rightly so, on the international scene, and it's a special time for all football people in Northern Ireland, men, women, kids, everything. But how important is it as well that the league gets more coverage and more people are are paying attention to what's happening at a domestic level? Yeah, I think it's where we have to look towards next is, you know, getting that visibility out there as many people coming to watch the women's game as possible. Um, you know, internationally we had 15,000 last week coming to watch the international team, which was incredible. And, you know, we have to kind of hop on the back of that success and hopefully we can bring that into the domestic league as well. You know, the, the numbers have been growing over the last number of years and the amount of people engaging with, this, with the game, you know, online as well has been fantastic. So we'll have to just really keep building on that um, and get the visibility out there um, so that, you know, young girls growing up, you know, want to play you know for the domestic clubs what I loved seeing here was that uh, a couple of people were getting their pictures taken beside the league trophy which as you know is someone that's been able to hoist it just about over your head because it's gigantic for anyone that hasn't seen it it shows you the pride that's there and that it's something that's going to inspire people but I know it's a bit of a silly question but how did you feel right before having to lift that because when I saw it I didn't fancy my chances <laughs> I definitely was a wee bit nervous lifting it um, when I walked alongside it it was kind of the same size as me um, so I think that was probably the biggest challenge of the night um, never mind 
mind the game but you know huge huge pride in being able to lift it and be the first team to put our name on, on the trophy um, which is fantastic and the backing that women's sport now is getting um, is phenomenal so it's great that as many teams now are, are trying to challenge for the title and it just shows the growth that we've had over the last number of years that it's not really one or two teams dominating the league you know everyone's kind of right up there to the, to the end of the wire um, and really competing so it's fantastic for us it's a fantastic challenge that we're looking forward to and you know hopefully we're on the right side of it at the end of the league and now Hayden Davis gives us his thoughts on Lisburn ladies finally being at the big table an amazing opportunity for them to pit their wits against the best in the country it must really be a special feeling to be in the top flight of women's football Yes, uh, Michael, it is. Uh, we just actually saying to the girls in there that uh, how special it is to be involved. Um, it's what we strive for, you know. And now that we're here, we're 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 enjoying it all. But yes, next week will be the actual stuff on the pitch that needs to happen. In terms of preparing for this standard of football, how well equipped do you think your team will be? Well, we've been working hard over pre-season. You know, the girls knew they had to commit to different levels, um, strength and conditioning, extra fitness, you know. So it's still going to be tough. Um, I think we're there, but um, obviously when the, the real matches start, that will be the, the talent of it all. It's a really exciting time for women's football. We're here in the National Football Stadium at Windsor Park having this conversation. We've seen the numbers of fans that the international team can get. How do we get more fans in supporting your team for example on a Wednesday yeah that that's something that we're looking at up behind the scenes as well like even down here the club brought 90 girls to the match here um so trying to keep keep our youth involved with the seniors is a big thing for us um as a club we're working hard with um Bullock House Sports Academy who we share the pitch with and doing some community stuff um season tickets you know things like that we've put on this year for the girls um so yeah we're hoping to get good crowds I'm hoping a lot of our listeners, particularly in and around Lisburn, will be well aware of where you play and everything like that. But I never want to take anything for granted. So if someone wants to become a new supporter, how do they get involved? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we're pretty active on social media. So the club Facebook page and there's an Instagram and a Twitter account. But our home venue is Ballamac House Sports Academy, Bluebell Stadium um, in, in Lisburn, Sather itself. So, I mean, come along, contact the page. You know, we'll be more than delighted to give you the information. And your players must just be at this stage excited more than anything else. Yeah, nervous excitement, I think, Michael, to be honest. Um, yeah, but no, we're, we're looking forward. We had a team meeting last night and everybody's just buzzing. Um, it's, these girls want to do this. You know, it's like anybody, any footballer, they want to be playing at the highest level. You know, competing at the highest level is going to be the goal, but obviously just being at the highest level is the big thing. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, that is us. We have reached the end of the programme. Wish everybody the best of luck with uh, the new women's premiership campaign getting underway on Wednesday as uh, the men's game reaches the grand finale, really. Just uh, a small matter of weeks to go. And then an Irish Cup final hopefully taking place on the date that it was scheduled for. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, We will keep you right up to date with uh, developments in uh, the men's premiership right up until the end of the season, naturally here on The Score. But uh, for now, I only have time left to thank my guests and to thank you for listening. All that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.